now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. <laughs> Mark Larson, thank you very much. And Southern California, welcome again to another Sunday edition of Rod and Reel Radio. I am indeed your underfished host, Hopalong John Cassidy, and it is our pleasure to welcome you to the show tonight. Hey, I think we've put together a really great program for you. Hopefully worth your listening tonight. We want to thank all the people that got on Rod and Reel Radio on Facebook and reacted to having our guests on. We try to have the greatest guest we can and schedule within their time frames because I've got to tell you, tonight's guests are always super busy. So we're really happy to have them aboard tonight. Hey, let me tell you just who we have. First out of the gate, we're going to have Captain Billy Kellerman. And as you all know, Captain Billy is a professional guide and consultant for those going out in search of big tuna. We're going to find out if the big tuna are out there, get a general location, where they are, and maybe how we can go about hooking up with some of these uh, uh, fish. You know, uh, earlier during uh, my conversations with Billy, I was saying, hey, Bill, thanks a lot for scheduling Rod and Reel Radio. I'm glad you were able to get us in this week. And he goes, John, he says, I am scheduled for the rest of the year. So this is going to be indeed a treat. Billy Kellerman will be first with us. And then the 6 o'clock hour, we've got pro angler Mike Iconelli. Mike just came back. He is the BAS champion from the James River General Tire, uh, the James River Open. He also just fished in Major League Fishing General Tire Championship. We're going to talk about all that stuff and how his year is going. So you're going to make sure that you stay tuned at 6 o'clock hour for Mike Iaconelli. But let me, before we get to Billy Kelman, introduce to you the co-host of Rod and Reel Radio. First, this individual is the voice of 1-800-BASS-BOAT and a pretty darn good fresh and saltwater angler in his own right, Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, how you doing, sir? Alive and well, John. Good evening, everybody. Uh, this should be a lot of fun here tonight between Billy and Ike. There's, you know, the, the cream of the crop. I, I think we're really lucky that the stars have aligned, Stan. Hey, and <laughs> hey, and also joining us fresh on a trip back from Catalina Island. Didn't know whether or not she'd be able to make it or for part of the show or anything like that because, truthfully, she had to tear herself away from a great day of fishing. She is the national sales manager for Iserline, represents many other fine products to the fishing industry, She's a great fisherman and also a great hunter, Miss Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, howdy. 
Hello there. I made it by the hair of my chinny chin chin on a 55 foot Viking. We made it back from Catalina in 45 minutes. Nice. <laughs> At this time in the afternoon, now, you know, I was going to say when, you know, last uh, we, before you got on the air, John and I were talking. I go, why does Wendy get to have all the fun, man? <laughs> last week you were at casino night, and you know this week you're you're coming across the channel on a fifty foot Viking and and playing at Catalina. I go, you know, we need to get a different job, John and I. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, let's get on to our first guest because he probably has as much experience as anybody coming back from Catalina or San Clemente Island back into the Southern California area at this time of the day. But he is the bluefin tuna fisherman extraordinaire, plus really all other species that are out there biting right now. Captain Billy Kellerman. Billy, welcome to Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you very much for having me again. Hey, Billy. (laughs) Hi, Wendy. How are you? I'm doing good. Made it to oh, listen good, to good. your to your awesome voice and and your accounts of bluefin tuna fishing. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know I don't want to sound like a brown uh, broken record, but you know it's it's been incredible, incredible fishing, if not the best I've seen it in the last couple of days. Wow, Billy! B- before we get to that, you know a lot of people they're just getting on to Facebook or Twitter and. They're noticing your your website, and and some of them may go, where did this guy come from? We've been lucky enough to follow you almost from the beginning, and you've been very generous with the time that you have spent with Rod and Real Radio. But for those listeners, and I've got to tell you, I'm pretty sure that tonight is the largest audience ever on Rod and Real Radio because of the fact of you and our guest at 6 o'clock that we've ever had on. Those listeners that are listening to us for the first time, please tell us a little bit about where you came from to get to this point in time. Well, uh, I'll definitely uh, try to give you the shortcut version. But, um, you know, I I took a big uh, six, seven-year hiatus from uh, sport fishing because I had a failed venture in in the charter business, you know. Um, Wendy, I've known Wendy for almost uh, the better part of 10 years now. And she's been able to follow every part of my story. But, yeah, I've, uh, I've lost everything because of failed venture back then. And um, three, four years ago, my, my father um, asked me if I wanted to go fishing again. And, of course, I couldn't say no to him. You know, he, he, he brought me into this. <laughs> and uh, I got infatuated with this big bluefin bite that's been going on. So Ron Real Radio gave me the opportunity to be on the radio as a recreational fisherman, you know, I think two years ago. I've been on the show on and off for about two, two and a half years. And um, I've, I've honed down my skills, learned a lot, put in my dues. And uh, now I am a captain, a guide. I run a membership website where I'm the only, let me make this very clear, I'm the only captain on the West Coast that shares my exact GPS numbers, methods, how-tos, tutorial videos you know of everything i do out in the water you know and i share it on a membership website um wow unfortunately That's... fortunately you know I, i'm fully booked for the remainder of the year um, i already have a couple books uh, a couple trips for 2020 um i have a few holes here and there i'm trying to squeeze a lot of these people in um i'm very grateful for that as i mentioned but again 
I find that there's so much opportunity out there for, you know, fish of a lifetime that I share all of my information. Billy, that, that's pretty fantastic. The, the thing is, is now we're into almost the fourth season of a really phenomenal and very unique bite that, you know, some people believe maybe he's been out there for a long time and we just haven't been cashing in on it. Tell us, you know, when you decided to come back in to sports fishing, I guess you came in at exactly the right time because you coming back was when these big bluefin started showing up in our Southern California waters. How, how has the bite evolved and where are we today in comparison to where we were in previous years in your estimation? Well, again, from my from my lack of experience, shall I say? I mean, I, I, I'm not a captain of you know ten, twenty years as some of these uh, uh, other guys. But just from my my brief experience, I mean, what I'm seeing is uh, every single year we're getting better and better and better at finding out ways how to catch these fish. It's yeah. very untraditional, or at least to me, at least you know, for Southern California. I mean, bringing commercial helium tanks, um, you know, kites. Um, big Calica 50s, you know, big reels, big rods for your three-quarter day, full-day trip. Um, every year, the fish have been getting a little bit bigger. And, of course, every year, the fish have been getting a little bit smarter. You know, I mean, that, that's, that's the game with the bluefin. Um, but then again, we're evolving. We're getting better. We're using technology as a huge advantage to track down these fish, to locate these fish, and to learning a little bit more about their behavioral um, the way they act, and uh, we're getting really good at this. You know, for for the guys that have been in the long range into fishing for a long time, because that 200-pound that fish has been an elusive beast, um, and the guys that played in the arena going down to the lower banks and, and to the Riviera-Hados Islands and, you know, all Clarion and the bank down below, it's been the, the trip of... Or, or the trip to get the fish of a lifetime is a, you know, 10 to 14 day, 16 day trip to get that yellow fin that's over 200 pounds because they just aren't around. And as things have progressed, I mean, back in 05, I got lucky enough to be on the boat that, that we actually found that foamer. We weren't the first ones to, uh, in uh, on the qualifier 105 uh, Sims and uh, I think it was uh, well, the Excel, and I don't know if Jason, I don't know who was running at the time, but they had six or eight of those big yellowfin that uh, that they'd got, or ten of them, whatever it is, on the trip. And then we went down and got into that big foamer that everybody played with for 0506, and, and everybody got kind of trained on that 200-pound fish, and, and that became the target. You know, I want a cow tuna. And that's been, you know, it went away and then it's been kind of a hunting game to see if we can hunt and peck to find that 200-pound fish. And all of a sudden, the bluefin arena pops up in Southern California where, like you were saying, you know, the three-quarter day trip, you've got to have a, a, a 30 wide or a 50 ready to get together with that big, a big rod that you can handle now 200 and even 300-pound fish because they're getting bigger and bigger every year. So, and you've done a great job of being on top of this and leading kind of the pack and showing everybody how to get it done. Yeah, and it, it's you're right. I mean, they started out with that cow yellowfin tuna, and 
and obviously I, I was a part of that, you know, dreamer, big tuna dreams, you know, chasing those big tuna. And here we are, we have it in our backyard. And a lot of times I share with my clients is that, you know, I always ask them, what's the one thing money can't buy? And, and the one, and that thing is time. And I find that a lot of people can afford to go on these 10, 15, 16 day trips, but what they can't afford is getting the time off away from family, away from friends, away from work for that long period of time to chase after these fish. And here we are today, 2019. You can get it done within a three-quarter day trip to chase a 200, 300-pound tuna in our backyards, still be in your same bed the same night, and go to work the very next day. I mean, that in itself, I find, is absolutely incredible. Well, i got to ask you a question here because you're kind of the lead dog. You've kind of set the bar. Your catching rate is higher than everybody else, and you've done a fine job with the people have been watching, and I'm sure they have on Facebook and other other areas. You've been catching this bigger fish on a more regular basis. You want to give up a few of the secrets a little bit about what you're doing or what they yeah. need to uh, take with well, them, maybe? Yeah, well, well, one thing for sure is, you know, a lot, all my trips are big bluefin or bust. You know, I... I don't target anything else. I don't change the plan. I don't fish for, you know, paddy yellowtail. I, I pass by foaming yellowfin tuna. I, I pass by all the other stuff because we try to stay, you know, true at course, you know. Um, things have been changing on the horizon, and they're changing weekly. You know, one, one day I might be talking to a client that we got big bluefin biting on the popper, and with the poppers we're fishing uh, all spinning reels, which are Shimano Stella's. Uh, they've been a big supporter of mine, and um, I think I'm the only outfit on the West Coast that provides full line of Stellas, you know, to fish these popper-style fishing, um, you know, for these big bluefin. And then the next day, it may be, you know, casting a big mackerel into foamer, and then it could be towing the rubber yummy flyer, or most importantly, it could be fishing that dead flying fish. Yep. So a lot of different methods, you know, uh, just being able to determine what conditions um, that present in front of us and being able to capitalize on what's given uh, with the given situation. Billy, give us a, an idea of what a typical trip of yours is, because if I'm not mistaken, uh, you're not uh, at a dock anywhere. You're actually launching. So tell us when it comes time to get ready for a trip, especially when you have them back to back to back, like you have, Tell us, uh, give us an idea of what one of your singular trips is like. How do you plan it and how you go about designing it and taking it from there? Well, um, a typical trip, I mean, you know, I still, uh, you know, run out of a, a dock out of San Diego, but I plan it around, you know, what times fish are biting best. And for these bluefin, for the most part, I've been seeing a little bit more activity later in the afternoon. And, and by afternoon, I'm saying... I would say majority of my fish have been 3 p.m. to 7, 8 p.m. That's kind of like the golden hour for these fish. So my trips are from like 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. You know, I mean, I'm only allowed to be on the water for 12 hours. So I have to choose the 12 hours that's, you know, that gives my anglers the best chances. So, yeah, we leave at 10 a.m. or 9 a.m., something com completely different. You know, guys get to have a coffee, take their kids to school and have breakfast and show up at, a, at a, a different time. And we start targeting these things, you know, later in the afternoon. 
Uh, when it comes to back-to-back trips, I mean, you know, I stay down in San Diego or wherever it is that these fish are at and um, continue to, to stay true to course. So all very interesting trips. And, uh, again, it, it, it's pretty much big fish or bust unless, for whatever reason, and this has happened, where they just kind of disappear for a couple of days or a week or so, you know, and uh, we just kind of see what's on the menu and go from there. All right, Billy, hey, we've got to take a commercial break right now. Can I ask you to stay with us for a little bit longer, please? Sure, no problem. Hey, we, uh, Stan, Wendy, and I, we're speaking with Billy Kelman. He's a big tuna expert, charter boat skipper. He also is a consultant for those wanting to go out and catch big fish. Let's find out what we mean by Billy being a consultant. But first... We've got to take a break right now. Stan Wendy and Billy Kelman and I will be back after these messages. I can't wait to spend some quality time with my son fishing this year, teaching him about casting, how to choose bait, set the hook, and how to be safe on the water by always wearing a life jacket. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Come join us at our new location in Lakeside. That's right, we've moved. Come see us at our new location at 12255 Woodside Avenue in Lakeside. Lakeside, California. Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag. Quantum Fishing, we are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619 466 8355. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Our special guest this hour is... Big tuna expert, Billy Kelman. And when we say big tuna expert, all you have to do is go to Facebook or any of his Instagram accounts or even visit his website and you know exactly what we're talking. And we're not talking about something that was done a couple of months ago, a couple of weeks ago. We're talking about stuff that is happening right now. And Billy, welcome back to the show, sir. All right. Thank, thank you for having me as always. Oh, Billy, you know, I was uh, uh, a little set back when you were talking about 
your hours of operation because of the fact that, you know, I think the fishermen have been thinking about they go out there, crack a dawn or even before daylight, try and get on some fish. They try and get foamers and breezers and, and early morning while they've got glass conditions. And normally we think about the conditions after about noon or so as beginning to get a little sloppy, maybe a little windier. Uh, the weather isn't quite, quite as good. And then by 3 or 4 o'clock, sometimes it's really rolling out there. And you're telling us that this has been the best opportunity for you to catch fish. You want to go into that in a little more depth? Yeah, sure. Um, well, this year, I actually started doing some in-depth seminars. And my seminars last anywhere from four to six hours where I cover every aspect of what I know on these big bluefin tuna, anywhere from uh, migration patterns, tackle, um, bite times, where they are in certain months, um, just everything I know about them. And I may not be an expert, but at least I like to think that I have a lot of data that I've collected over the past couple of years and seasons that, to, that have led me to have you know, great results time in and time out. So when I run these seminars, I mean, the biggest thing, I mean, again, there's a lot of little tidbits that listeners can take away from, from this interview. Um, the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway is that a lot of these fish are afternoon fish. And a lot of times when I pull up to the zone or get into a zone, you know, I mean, most of the time people are already heading back, you know, uh, on the way home. So, and, and that's like the goal now. That, that's the window of opportunity. And by all means, a lot of other successful guys that you see out there, I mean, I see them out there as well. So it's a, kind of a, a common thing that uh, the late evening hours tend to produce a little bit better. Wow. Now, you know, when it really starts getting windy and rough and uh, you know, a lot of current, a lot of wind wake and so many other things, is this the time when you start using the Yummy Flyer or are you able to you know, work around and to actually meter these big fish and then decide what course of action you want to take to try and catch them? Yeah, I think it's very dependent on what I see. You know, whether I just see, you know, your occasional blow up here and there, whether I see uh, foamers that are acting on anchovy balls, you know, um, it's just very dependent on, on what's going on with the current situation, you know. Um, and that afternoon hours, I mean, first and foremost, you got to have some, some good eyes. And by good eyes, I mean good binos. Um, Jimmy yeah. Kingsmill, you know, set me up a couple years ago with uh, some Frasers binoculars, and those have been a complete game changer for me. I mean, I've caught majority of my fish on those binos, you know, compared to anything else that, that I have on the boat, you know. Um, but for the most part, you know, in the afternoon hours, they just tend to be a little bit more active. And... Uh, you know, trying different things in certain periods. Like, for example, if I see them on a Monday and, and they're foaming up on top and we're casting popper after popper and, and they're not biting and changing it to iron jigs or colt snipers, then you know what? Maybe we'll try to skip the yummy through it. And if they don't want that, then we'll put in a, a double trouble mackerel, you know, very Puerto Vallarta style, you know, and, uh, you know, finding out what bites best and seeing what these things want to do uh, will, uh, you know, contribute to our success. So trying different well, things, you find getting it, them to bite. It, a little wind does help? Absolutely. Uh, with these bluefin, I definitely find that weather yep. helps. Um, yep. They like weather. Uh, I, I definitely yep. get a little nervous when it's 
too flat and glassy calm out there, you know? And uh, that's when I kind of, you know, ha- have some mixed emotions, you know? Right. Billy, you know, what? I have to agree with him because all, all of my trips that we've been on, and even the later in the day thing, that the bigger fish we've caught and the best fishing we've caught was in the in the afternoon into the early evening on, every, like, on almost every trip. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, even for guys that are don't have private boats or, or unable to fish with me, um, those day-and-a-half trips, you know, day-and-a-half trips, multi-day trips, you know, they, they definitely give you the best shot at things, you know, and, and of course, you know, there's some, some big guys out there that, that are putting up some really nice counts, you know. You know, Billy, I've, I've been noticing the fleet, you know, was fishing for a long time, 60 miles or so uh, south of San Diego, uh, you know, on the high spot out there, and they were seeing some success. And now all of a sudden it just doesn't seem like there's a predominance of those fish there that now it seems like a few of the sports boats, and I think some of the also private boaters, they're they're sort of like more emphasizing the areas around San Clemente Island and just a little bit south of San Clemente. Has, has this been, you know, what you've been seeing too, or are you going out and finding specific locations that really you don't see anyone at and you're finding fish there? Uh, I wouldn't say that, you know, I've gone to areas where there's nobody there, but I'm also going to say that I've been in areas where, you know, you kind of stumble on things that you're en route to a certain location, you know, watching temperature breaks, chlorophyll charts, and um, uh, past patterns of where these fish have shown up has definitely, you know, helped me in terms of trip planning. In terms of uh, recent catches, yeah, the 43, 181, 182, uh, San Clemente Island, those have definitely been the, some of the, the better spots. And, and it seems like to me the big fish generally don't hang out too much with the little fish. So when you're mentioning that 60-mile stuff, you know, down south, you know, um, they're a little bit smaller grade with your occasional, you know, 110, maybe 120-pounder. Rarely was there a 200-pounder. And then, you know, you take it, I don't know, maybe 90 miles north of that, and now they're all 150-pounders and up. So even with my trips, you know, uh, respectfully, it's just not our interest, you know, for the smaller stuff, and we really want to target those bigger stuff. So we're heading in a completely different zone. Hey, Billy, um, you know, speaking of the smaller stuff, have you seen bluefin tuna that are in the five-pound range, under 10 pounds? You know, that's a really good question, and uh, that would be a no. I I haven't seen any of that smaller stuff, you know. I think. Okay. The smallest stuff I've seen this year is maybe that 25 to 30-pound class. Oh, okay. And that, yeah, that class and, uh, can make it all the way from Japan. So that's, that's, that's what I was wondering, if, if, you, if you thought or if you've seen the smaller ones, because I've heard some captains tell me there are smaller ones, which would mean they're spawning here. Yeah, I mean, I remember, uh, you know, I went to some, some other seminar uh, with a doctor, I think Barbara, I forget her Barbara last Block. name, but she's specialized, Barbara Block. Um, yeah. You know, I spoke to her personally and, and had this conversation about bluefin tuna, and they're trying to find out if they are, you know, breeding here or these are the new breeding grounds, you know, but there hasn't really been concrete evidence of them doing so. But what we do know is something changed. Something happened out there 
that now we're catching these, you know, big, great bluefin, and now we're in their path, you know? I think it's because the Saners had their quota put on them, and so now they're giving a chance, we, we have the chance to catch them, because when those Saners are out there, it's pretty, you know, slim pickings when they're out there, because they wrap everything. You're right. You're, you're absolutely right, you know? I just don't have a, enough knowledge to, to speak on... On you know what their activity is, you know, um, but mm-hmm. you're, you're absolutely right. You know, well, we just haven't a, seen you know until the last few years here, last five years or more, that bluefin has been south and and out. I mean, for years we had that big bluefin way down at Guadalupe Island outside. That was a a fishery only a few boats went and played with the megalodon and and a few others, but that kind of disappeared and they pop up again and they they haven't been around all of a sudden they used to come in with the albacore but there were smaller versions we didn't see a lot of that bigger stuff um and all of a sudden now you've got every all these big ones that have come in and stayed here for the last couple of years and every year they've gotten bigger and bigger and bigger so uh, this year we're seeing we're going to see the 300 pound fish that we haven't seen before and that's it's it's really starting to go yeah, it's it's really starting to bite really well. I mean, you know, my last two days of fishing, I mean, we've gotten limits, limits of triple-digit bluefin tuna, and all these trips were catching early, going home early, you know, less than 12-hour trips, all over 100 pounds. The biggest one about, you know, 290, pushing almost 300 pounds you know, in, in, in one day range, in three quarter day range, you know, for these small boats, you know, um, I don't know what to make of it besides, you know, I think we all should try to get a piece of it and at least say that we at least tried, you know, whether you have a friend with a boat or you're booking a a small operation, you know, up and down the coast. I mean, I think we should all at least try to go for one of these, you know, fish of a lifetime. Billy, what our um, uh, the sports boats have been commenting, and we had Rob Tressler on that was uh, on with us last week. That they're getting out there and they're trying, they're finding a tremendous biomass of bait down to the south, especially the real small anchovies. I mean, just acres and acres and acres of of small anchovies. Where you're fishing a little bit further to the north, are you finding? Is there still a fairly good biomass of bait, or are you getting to the point that you think maybe these fish are getting hungry? Uh, I'm finding what they're finding. I'm finding a significant amount of bait, you know. Uh, when I'm in my tower in my uh, parker, I can see bait balls, you know, in the binos. I can see bait balls next to us. You know, I, I can pull up on a school of fish, and the bait ball, you know, gets attracted to the boat, you know. Um, I'm definitely seeing a lot of that same bait stuff as they are seeing. And, you know, it's, we're just trying to figure out how to get these fish to bite. And I, I think that's one thing that, you know, I, I've been doing pretty well to figure out, you know, what makes them bite, what makes them tick, and how to catch these fish, you know. Right. But, yes, are we are you, seeing a lot of that bait up here as well. Do you find yourself from time to time with customers that – are wanting to get a triple-digit fish or even larger, and uh, you hook up with a fish that isn't quite the size you're looking for, have you also been releasing fish and going out after other fish or what? You know, I've definitely gotten heat on the Internet for, you know, keeping limits or keeping a lot of fish. 
but everything I do is within the, you know, legal rules and whatnot. And I always give the passengers the option of, hey, do you want to release this? Unfortunately, I just don't have a person that has released the bluefin or wanting to release their catch yet, you know. Um, I haven't had any uh, upset customers. Um, and if anything, a lot of these customers, you know, clients, which become friends, um, understand the game. You know, if we don't get a big one, it's okay. You know, the motto of Bluefin is you just got to keep going. Whether you're on your boat, my boat, on, on, on one of those bigger charter boats, and you don't get one, you just got to keep going. Well, that's like fishing. It's just like fishing. You can't catch them on the couch. You got to go to try and catch one, and and you got a chance of really catching a fish of a lifetime. And most of these people that are listening have never got a fish over a hundred, yet alone two hundred. And then when you do get one of these fish on, it's a life changer because you're. I'll guarantee you, you're not ready for the ferocity that this bluefin will put you through on a boat. If you've got the wrong gear and you're not prepared before you when you get hooked up on this stuff i mean and, and i've caught a bundle of it over the last few years but i even on my trips i try to tell the people man do not bring a bb gun do the bear hunt get the right gear get the right rod with good recoil get the right reel with at least two speed make sure you've got heavy line and and then when you just give yourself a chance, and I know you you have to deal with it in a smaller boat, it's even bigger a bigger problem. Although you can at least chase them around a little bit more with a small vessel. So so let me sh- let's let's talk about gear for a little bit because that, that's a really important sector. Okay, Billy, um, hold on for we, just a second. We got to take a break right now because can I get you to come on back? Because not only do we want to talk about gear but i want to talk about you consulting and then i know our listeners are dying to know where can we dial in to get the information that billy's been talking to so can i get you to to come back with us in just a couple of minutes sure why not let's do it all right stan wendy and i we're talking to big bass expert captain billy kelman we're going to take a break stay tuned we'll be back after these messages There's nothing more peaceful than fishing. Just me, my pole, and some bait. Oh, and my life jacket, of course. I like fish, but I don't want to end up at the bottom of the water with them. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. We want to tell our listeners a little about Bajo La Luna Restaurant, located within a lush hidden garden in the heart of Cabo San Lucas. This family-run restaurant offers patrons a selection of unbelievable tapas, the most delicious Mexican entrees, an outstanding selection of wines, 
and crafted cocktails and the most amazing desserts, all served in an upscale, casual, outdoors atmosphere at prices you'll find very affordable. When you visit Bajo La Luna, mention Rod and Real Radio, and there might just be a complimentary beverage served with your dining experience. Bajo La Luna is located right across the street from Cabo Wabo and offers free or valet parking. Get all the information you'll need to visit Bajo La Luna Restaurant on Facebook. Just click their direct link icon found on RoddenRealRadio.com. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the fishing boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart. Did you know that when you donate blood, you're not only helping others, you're also helping yourself. Donating blood lowers the risk of heart attacks in men by more than 70%, lowers the risk of developing cancer, and helps you maintain a healthy liver. So donate blood to help someone else and to help yourself. If you can't donate, you can still make a difference with the financial gift. It's the best way to give back. Hook, line, and sinker. And for more information and to make a financial donation or an appointment, visit sandiegobloodbank.org. That's the sandiegobloodbank.org. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to uh, Ron Real Radio. Before we get to our uh, guest, Billy Kelman, Billy, uh, Stan, when you were down in Cabo San Lucas, you got together with restaurateur Sissy Plemons at Bajo La Luna and La Golondrina, and she made a special offer to Ron Real Radio listeners. Would you tell us what that is? That's right. Ongoing, if you're going down to Cabo San Lucas and you want to go for a great meal, either La Golandrina or Bajo La Luna. If you mention, even when you call up to get your reservations, mention that you want the Rod and Reel Radio discount. She will give you 10% off your meal, plus a, a free cocktail or a glass of house wine with your, with your meal, with your entree, uh, just for mentioning Rod and Reel Radio, which can be like I know there was a, a group of girls going down for a wedding uh, party down there. There were 15 of them. I go, well, if you all go there, <laughs> you figure there's a, a couple hundred bucks at 10, 10% off your meal and a cocktail or a, or a glass of wine. So if you're going to go down, make sure you mention Rod and Real Radio, go to Bajo La Luna or La Golandrina. You'll thank me later. All right. And look for them on uh, our uh, com. We have a direct link to both those restaurants so you can contact them and find out what they're all about. Hey, our guest this hour is Billy Kelman. And Billy, you were talking about the gear that's being used to catch these big tuna that you're targeting. You want to continue with that conversation? Yeah, let, let, let's talk about gear for a little bit here. You know, I mean, part of my services is, uh, you know, consulting where, uh, you know, I have a platinum membership where I help clients get you know, get rigged up for these big fish, you know, get everything to the T from the rod, reel, line, swivel, um, 
kite clip, kite rods, kite reels. I mean, everything. So let me tell you about something right now is a lot of my clients who've been following me, I always tell them the goal right now is not one fish. The goal is to be able to get multiple fish on the deck, multiple cows, multiple triple digits. And one of the ways we've been doing that is, you know, we're, we're setting up differently. We're using the proper rod and reel. Uh, my main reel to go to is the Talica 50. My kite reel is the Shimano Beastmaster. And the rod, actually, I'm working with uh, Sergio Platero from Platero Custom Rods. We're working with a, a custom carbon fiber blank with nanotechnology to get that recoil a little bit faster. And the diameter of my new rods that are coming out, it's, I would say it's no different than your normal 20 to 30 pound bait stick in terms of diameter. And we're landing these cows under 30 minutes, which allows us to capture more fish in a shorter amount of time to maximize our time on the water. So gear is of the utmost importance when it comes to these, you know, big fish hunting. How about, you know, the, uh, like, if do they need a butt cup or do they need some kind of the uh, system like a smitty belt uh, or do you, you use the rail? How do you fish these fish? The rail. I mean, the rail has been uh, the best leverage, you know, to get on these big fish. I find that scaling your drags has been really important as well, which, you know, most guys don't yep. do. But once you scale it and understand how heavy or how much you can pull in these fish has been, a, you know, a huge contrib <clears throat> contributing factor. <clears throat> For the stand-up stuff, um, respectfully, I, I don't really allow that on my boat unless a passenger is really experienced with that because I do tend to cater towards new clients. And if they've never been, you know, harnessed in or strapped in, especially with a little bit rougher weather and their balance yep. isn't, you know, that good, then I don't feel comfortable putting my passengers in that position. So once you're railing it, you're not only able to get these fish in faster, but you're able to, you know, really learn how to leverage on these fish and to be able to increase your landing ratio. You know, Billy, I do well, follow you on Facebook and uh, see a lot of the videos and pictures you post in. From time to time, I don't recognize the boat that you're on as being your boat. So as a consultant, when you're not on your boat, what's happening there? That's a great question. Um, you know, I do have a service where I uh, guide in other people's boats, yachts, big center consoles, Freemans, um, Cabos. I mean, you name it, I've ran it. And uh, I do have that as a part of my service. If, you know, you want me on your boat, um, I have that guiding service and here's an interesting statistic we've been bit with giant bluefin tuna on every single boat i've ran every wow. single one nice nice <laughs> <laughs> i wish i could say that on every sports boat i've been uh, but uh, that's uh, that's maybe more me operator error than anything else you know, Billy, we've talked about a lot of information here, but there's a place that you offer fishermen where they can go in a service where they can keep on date, up to date on exactly what's happening that is real information that isn't fake information, but is kept up almost uh, daily. What? Well, tell us about how we can gain access to that. So my website is billykfishing.com. You know, I have two different types of membership services. One is your, you know, your gold membership where you get to read 
my daily reports. Every time I'm out and every time when I come back, I give you the good, the bad, the ugly, the GPS numbers, what's biting, what time, how, what, where, when, everything you need to know. But if you're a platinum member of my website, I literally text you right when I get back or when I'm on the ground where I'm at, my GPS numbers, how I'm catching these fish. You know, you get all the little nitty-gritty details, you know, if you're one of those platinum members, you know. And how about this? Almost every single platinum member has caught a tuna of a lifetime using my services. <laughs> and that's on BillyKFishing.com. And here, here, let's just share this. I think just this week, not even this week, the last four days, I've put on 14 online members of a fish of a lifetime without me physically being there. Wow. So invaluable information. Not only that, but whatever the membership costs, it's a cost savings. If people can get location, techniques, what to do, and then go out and fish with it that day, boy, it's incredible the amount of time and money that they'll be saving if they follow your advice. Absolutely. You know, memories are priceless. Just remember that, you know. Billy, are you finding these fish? Are they moving around right now? Or have they settled into a general location that that you feel like you're going out almost every day? This is the spot I'm going to be going out to. Or are you trying other spots that might be on the perimeter of where your sweet spot may be and then see if fish are there and then move into that sweet spot? I would say that from my experience so far, these fish have not, let's just say, found home yet. You know, they're still moving around a bit. However, I covered this topic, you know, on my website and in my seminars in terms of like, you know, patterns of where they will be in certain times of the year. And they follow true to course to that. All right. And uh, uh, now also a lot of people ask, gee, I, I see all these great fish on your deck and, you know, triple-digit fish. I guess the question you get asked, too, what happens to a lot of this fish when you get to the dock? Uh, I would say 99% of the times, you know, customers take it to the processor. Uh, I know it's a weird kind of a thing where, you know, I tell guys, you know, I can only process like one cow tuna at a time uh, per trip because just the time involved to clean the fish package it, you know, put it in nice bags and all that. I just don't have the capacity to be able to do more than one cow tuna, you know, per trip because I'm running back to back to back. So most guys do, you know, take it to the processor the following day. Um, you know, that's, that's a first world problem when there's just too much fish, you know. I mean, the last two trips we have, what, 12 tuna over 100 pounds. And, uh, you know, I'm a solo operation, like, Unfortunately, I can't. I, I can't take care of all of that. Um, but it's a good problem to have, though, right? Better, more yeah. Fish so than, I think that's the no wisest fish. thing you can do is get them to the processor where the, the they can take that tuna and and cut it, fillet it, cryo pack it, and get it ready for you to take home <clears throat> very quickly. And it'll it, it'll stay good for months. And you know, if you don't do that the right way, you know, killing that fish is useless. Make sure you take care of the fish. I'm sure Billy does, and and then get it to a processor and get it cryopacked and done the right way so you can enjoy the fish you caught. 
Yeah, I always suggest the clients, I mean, processor is the way to go because the way I cut it and clean it, you, you can't store it for months, you know. And these are all, you know, fish of a lifetime, and, and chances are you're probably not going to get another one in the next two weeks unless your name's Phil Green, one of my best clients. Um, but you know <laughs> that the processor does an amazing job at, you know, cleaning, processing, bagging, vacuum sealing, and then just really providing a service that, you know, I can't emphasize how grateful it has been. Billy, you know, you can't do this by yourself. I'm, I'm sure that you have people that have sponsored you and supported you during, you know, the time that you're, you've come back where you've, you know, you sort of like built yourself, uh, you're the Phoenix coming out of the ashes. Tell us a little bit about who are the people that are supporting you and sponsoring you. Well, let, let's talk about uh, the people who are, are really helping me. Sometimes they come on my trips, which is uh, Jonathan Nguyen, Chuck Newberry, who's my second captain, um, Nelson. Nelson's been a big help to me. And in terms of my sponsors, uh, first and foremost, um, Shimano. Uh, Shimano has been a, a huge, incredible help for me. Um, West Coast Trailers, Wayne, who's just here picking up some bluefin. You know, I always give all this bluefin away. Um, Simrad. Satmoto. Uh, Satmoto is a company that provides uh, these little satellite boxes, and check this out, where you can use your iPhone or Android phone as a satellite phone so you can communicate in the water. And that's how sometimes I communicate with a lot of my clients on the water when I call them over, which I've called over four people the last two days, and every single person caught, you know, with texting service while you're on the water. And that's with Satmoto, Parker, Kevin Kelly, and uh, Platero Custom Rods. And those are my uh, primary uh, sponsors that, that, that really helped me out, and including those three other guys. Wow. You know, that satellite phone sounds like it's uh, really a pretty neat thing because uh, you go out and, you know, in fact, most of us, when we're going out on a long-range uh, boat, we're not in communication. And sometimes, yeah, we're out there to get away, but there's just times when, we just have to be in communication or people have to be contacting us. Sounds like a great product. Yeah. I mean, look, um, I'm, I'm a new father. You know, I, I have a brand new daughter who's four months old. I really got it to be in contact with my family and my wife who's been doing an incredible job, you know, taking care of the baby. And it's just nice to be in contact, you know. And that's actually a service I provide in my charters is everyone can use this. So everyone can still be in contact with everybody, you know, via text. Uh, while you're out in the water where normally you, you can't get in contact with anybody. It's All so right. convenient. All right, Billy, before we let you go, pardon me, go on. Uh, what's that, Stan? Does it work in Mexico? It works in everywhere in the world. And what's it called? Fat Moto? Fat Moto is the company, and they provide oh, a, Moto. it's called a Iridium Go. But Fat Moto, S-A-T-M-O-D-O if you're interested in reaching out to them. And they have a special Billy K packages that allows you to, uh, you know, get products at a discount, you know, to fit your plan that you'd like. So you can communicate with your wife, your work, emails, or whatever it is that you need to do while you're out in the water. I hope, I hope my normal job doesn't hear this. Okay, and uh, if you tell them that uh, Billy Kellerman sent you, they'd probably appreciate that too. Billy, again, before we leave, quickly. How we get a hold of you to find out what your schedule is and to get hooked up to this information that you offer. 
BillyKFishing.com. I'm easily to find online. Instagram is Billy Kellerman. Facebook is Insta- you know Billy Kellerman. YouTube is Billy Kellerman. Snapchat. I mean, every social media outlet. Um, I'm very easy to find. Um, membership services, consulting services, captain guiding services. You know, I'm more than happy to cater to whatever needs that you may have. And I sincerely look forward to helping anyone who's, you know, looking to step up their game in fishing. Billy, I can't tell you how much we appreciate your time knowing how busy you are, not only with the fishing, but also with the family, too. Uh, Thank you for spending some of your Sunday with us. We, We wish you good luck, and we hope to get a report maybe further down the line here on just how things are going for you. Thank you for being with us, sir. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Yeah, thank you, Bill. All right, guys. Hey, we're going to take a break right now, and hopefully we can make the hookup with him. Uh, Our next guest in the next uh, at least 30 minutes is going to be pro bass angler Mike Iaconelli. So stay tuned. Stan, Wendy, and I will be back after these messages. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics. McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Come join us at our new location in Lakeside. That's right, we've moved. Come see us at our new location at 12255 Woodside Avenue in Lakeside. California. Guantam Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag. Quantum Fishing, we are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619 466 8355. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619 793 5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. The warm weather is here and our lakes and rivers are brimming. Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket. And make sure everyone with you puts one on too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. 
Southern California, Stan, Wendy, and I want to welcome you back to the second hour of Ron Real Radio. You know, with the guests that we have had tonight, I kind of feel like Ron Real Radio is the cream filling in between the two little chocolate cookies because we've got the hottest <laughs> guest in the market on right now, and our next guest is no exception. He's the hottest ticket right now in the bass fishing world, just uh, fresh off his victory on the James River. Let us welcome him to Ron Real Radio, pro angler Mike Iconelli. Mike, we welcome you to Southern California Market and Ron Real Radio. How you doing, guys? Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you for being on. And Stan and Wendy, uh, why don't you welcome uh, Mike to the show? Thank you, Mike. Yeah, when I mean, uh, this is a pleasure, Mike. I gotta say, as a you know, competitive angler for about the last forty years, you know, having watched all of the different series that are on TV from Bassmasters and and the uh, FLW Tour and now Major League Fishing, and just for the public's knowledge, you always have in any group of fishermen that are out there in any group of tournaments that you fish. There's always the guys you see that rotate to the top on every circuit. And the reason that they do that, the, the, the top fishermen, is because they, they're a step above the rest. And Mike Iaconelli, i got to give you credit, buddy, for there hasn't been a circuit that you've been fishing in that I haven't watched you rise to the top in. Uh, and that that says something to your talent and the the intuitiveness of your fishing ability, which is pretty rare, I got to admit. And and you've done a great job of staying at the top of your field. Well, I, I appreciate that, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's a passion. It's something I love to do. I've loved to do this since I was a kid. Um, and you know, the thing about it is, there's a lot of there's a lot of ups and there's a lot of downs too. You know, I yep. think that's one of the most challenging things in this sport, you know, is, you know, you don't win every tournament. You know, if you look at the number of tournaments I've fished in my career, man, it's got to be in the thousands. And I think I've only won 12 times. So, you know, winning is, is a hard thing. So the guys that are consistent, you know, the guys that are always up there, Van Dam, Aaron Martin, Jacob Wheeler, Skeet Reese, they're really good getting through the downs, too, you know, because you can't win all the time. But, you know, if you right. keep pushing, you know, every once in a while, a win will come around, you know. Well, That's the, the secret to fishing is being consistent. But the good guys always rise to the top, and you, you've been one of them, which is pretty great. Yeah. Hey, Mike, let me, let me ask you about, you know, an event that was just on CBS television we've talked about. Major League Fishing, almost since the beginning with you, trying to get your impressions on what you thought, how it was going along, how it was evolving. And then we were able to watch on one of the national networks, the General Tire World Championship, where you were pitted up with three other fishermen. Before we go into Major League Fishing or anything else, how did that go for you, and what kind of response did you get from that type of coverage? Yeah, I mean, Major League Fishing, one of the things they're doing a really good job of is um, exposing the sport, exposing competitive fishing to a new audience. Um, And, you know, so, you know, coverage of the World Championship on CBS, getting in front of people who normally don't watch, you know, fishing tournaments, bass fishing, it's so good for the sport. 
And, you know, that's, that's the way you grow it, you know. So I, I think a lot, of, a lot of the anglers that fish Major League Fishing are very, they're very conscious of that, of, you know, the only way to grow it is to get to new people. So, you know, it's been, a, it's been a huge success, in my opinion. You know, I, I hear from a lot of people that are, you know, aren't, aren't anglers that say, hey, I, I saw you on Major League Fishing. I saw you on CBS. I saw, you know, and then all of a sudden they say, man, that looks fun. That looks exciting. That looks like something I would want to do. So, you know, that to me is the win. That's the takeaway is that it's helping grow the sport. It's helping get new people fishing. Well, we want to congratulate you on making that top four, even though you did not win the event. Getting to the top four with the competitors that you had to fish against to get to that point in time, it's like it's like you're fishing a Bassmaster Classic almost with every elimination round that you're fishing with uh, uh, Major League Fishing because you know and you've known all the guys for a long time, but you know they're all good. They're all good. They're all good. There's so many, so many hammers, so many sticks out there. And, um, you know, when you get to a championship round, you know, whether it's Major League Fishing or Bass or FLW or, you know, any of them, it's, it's tough because you're fishing against, you're fishing through, you know, the best anglers in the world. Um, Major League Fishing, it's even more difficult um, because in those events and in, in, in those cups and, and championship events, there's no practice. So you're having to fish the moment. You're having to fish on the fly. You have to make decisions fast. Uh, it's it's really it's really a bonus to that format. It's it's, it's exciting. You know, you just you, you just got to fish the moment. You don't have any history. You just got to go fish to fish. Well, I guess you're going to get a chance to do that because you are. One of the guys that has qualified in the uh, the Bass Pro Tournament Series to go up to La Crosse, Wisconsin, and I, I'm not sure exactly if you're going to be uh, fishing uh, Lake uh, Alaska up there, or if you're fishing the Mississippi River, but wherever you're fishing, how is your familiarity with with that water? Has Major League Fishing done what they were uh, claiming to in the beginning? They're taking the fishermen to bodies of water that maybe they haven't been as familiar with in the past? Look at the tour events. Uh, you know, I think about half of the eight events we've had have been on really new places that we haven't fished. Uh, you know, uh, North Carolina, and when we had North Carolina, definitely won the world championship. You saw in Louisiana was another one. Um, so they, they've stuck to that. Lacrosse is going to be really interesting uh, because it's a river system in the summer, but it's a river system that's constantly changing. You know, they've had record high water there that is now receding, and by the time we get there, should be back to normal river, river levels. But, man, a, a place that flux is in flux so much, um, you know, you've got to be on your toes. And even though a lot of us have fished there before, you're going to see a river that's totally new, fishing different, um, you, you, it's hard. It's going to be hard to take baggage there because I think you're going to see a completely different fishery in pools eight and pool seven. You know. Wow. So, uh, are you targeting? Do you think smallmouth? Do you know, or have you heard? Are there largemouth there? Or uh, and how comfortable are you feeling 
with the species of fish that you're after. Because you look at some of the some some of the other guys may be more familiar with smallmouth. Some of the guys that are fishing spotted bass. Other guys largemouth. How are you in your comfort zone going to lacrosse? Yeah, and this one, you know, you're going to see a, a, a combination of both species, both largemouth and smallmouth. And uh, it's a pretty nice, solid, I'd say 50-50 mix down the middle on this fishery. Um, but, you know, keep in mind the format of Major League Fishing. You know, if this was an FLW or BASS event, you'd be trying to target five of the biggest fish you can catch. Uh, you'd see definitely you'd see largemouth probably play a little more, but because this is MLF, this is uh, total fish caught. This is total weight. As long as that fish weighs a pound or more, that fish gets counted. So it does change your strategy going into this tournament. And you know, for me, I'm not necessarily going to target one species over another, but rather trying to find areas with large concentrations of fish that I can catch 20, 30, 40 fish in a day, even if they're only, you know, one to two pounds, because that always trumps catching just one or two big ones. I'd rather catch 20 or 30, you know, average size fish. So going into this tournament there and knowing that the water is coming back down to normal level and you've, you, fi- you say you've fished it before? Yes, I have. Yep. So you fished the area before, and, and and major league fishing is definitely different. If you've never, we had a couple of events out here. I even got to try one. Uh, we put on by another tournament circuit. Fun, fun fishing, but you've got to fish it differently, like he said. So going out there and identifying areas where one, you've got the chance to catch the largemouth, but the smallmouth are going to be much more aggressive, depending on the time of year. What time of year are going to be there? We're going to be there in uh, just about a month. It'll be the middle of August. So you'll have, you know, that fish could be anywhere from the shoreline down to 20 feet or 30 feet, depending on how what the lake level is. So do you look for an area that has, when you're first stop, a little of everything on it? Yeah, I mean, I think you've got to keep your, you got to keep an open mind. You've got to keep your options open. Um, you know, generally falling water means falling fish. Rising water means rising fish. So, you know, falling water, falling fish, you would think that the, the stuff near deeper water, the cover and structure that has access to more comfortable zones of deeper water would be the deal. But once again, I, I am really going to approach it with an open mind. I'm not going to rule anything out. It's one of the main things in that premise of fishing the moment is that you don't rule anything out, you know. There's, there's some things they should be doing, but you really need to fish everything in front of you because, you know, fish is, he doesn't have rules, doesn't follow a book. He, he, a fish lives his life based on food for, you know, most of the year and, and because of the spawn for a couple months out of the year. But um, I'm going to be fishing everything. I'm going to be trying main river. I'm going to be trying... Uh, side canals. I'm going to be trying backwaters. I'm going to hit docks and grass and wood and rocks and everything in between to let the fish tell me what I should be doing. And that's that's really what you have to do in every tournament. I'm Mike, smiling because I tell that to people all the time. The fish will tell you. If you're not catching them, they're trying to tell you they're not doing what you're trying to feed them. <laughs> so that's right. That's right. 
Mike, it's got to be a monumental task. Here you are, you're uh, just off your victory on, on the St. James River, and I'm sure you had your boat and your support vehicle jammed with whatever it was that you thought you were going to need to be successful on this fishery. And now all of a sudden you're going up to lacrosse. Uh, do you weed that stuff out or do you keep everything organized where you need it so that if something is hot, you've got it? Or are you going to tear everything apart that you uh, had with you uh, for the St. James River and then throw it back in on what you think you'll be needing for uh, lacrosse? Yeah, a little bit of both. I mean, I you know, I'm I'm really big into organizing and preparing. So, you know, for sure I go back through everything, retie stuff. Uh, you know, I'll have, you know, 30 rods in the rod locker, everyone with a different bait on. Um, so I'm reorganizing, but I'm also want to have the ability to change and alter stuff as I'm there. And so, you know, I, I drive a Toyota Tundra, and the back of it is loaded with with uh, spare baits, you know, from jigs to plastics to different line to different rods to crankbaits and topwaters, and I carry all that with me, um, and it's a really good safety net, you know, because I, I can prepare to a certain extent, but until you get there, you, you know, you, you don't actually know what, what's going to go down. The other great thing is, you know, I work with a company called Tackle Warehouse. Um, I know you guys know, know Tackle Warehouse, and they're, they're great. You know, and in a mo- moment's notice, I can, you know, call Tackle Warehouse or pull it up on my phone, and, and I could order something if I don't have it and get it overnight. And that, that saves me in a lot of events as well. Well, you know, we'll be watching you in this event because it's going to be exciting. But tell us a little bit. You're coming to the end of the first year of Major League Fishing. There was a lot of excitement with the 80 pros that were uh, selected to go. Is that still excitement? Is that still there with the guys? Has it waned with some of the fellas? Uh, uh, how's the general consensus of opinion with the pros that have, now have a season under their belt? I think, yeah, I mean, I think in general, I think the guys are as excited as before. Uh, you, you know, what happened with the addition of Major League Fishing is it provided a lot of opportunities for guys in the sport. So for the guy, 80 guys that went to MLF, it's a brand-new opportunity for them, brand-new exposure. But it opened up spots at BASS, and it gave a lot of guys a new chance there. did the same thing at FLW. So, you know, across the board, I think this has been a breakthrough year for the sport, you know, and, and a lot more opportunities for guys to do it professionally. Um, you know, Everything uh, for sure is, is going to be growing. So I, I, I think if you look at Major League Fishing in the next few years, you're going to see some tremendous growth. I think you're going to see growth in the other leagues as well. And that's good because, you know, no matter what league you fish, what should be in the front of your mind is the growth of the sport. Like we said before, getting new people involved, getting kids fishing, like all those things. That's what you should be thinking about. And I think... I think you're going to see that over the next two or three years. Well, Major League Fishing has definitely been successful, I think, and exciting. But you've got the 2019-2020 season coming on up. They've been listening to the fishermen. So that's why they initiated the no-entry fee rule that you had that I know was uh, probably immensely popular with everyone. 
There's been some talk, though, that maybe they're going to have a, a very modest entry fee for the 2019 season so that monies can be paid down to some of the lower places to help those fishermen that don't necessarily get to the big fish off. Has there been any talk about that that you know, or uh, what can you tell us about that? You know, I don't, I don't know exactly. I mean, I can tell you that the, the nice thing about Major League Fishing is that it's, you know, it's angler-owned and angler-run, um, which means that, you know, we have the ability to make decisions based on what's good for the entire 80, 80 guys. So, you know, it's really unique because we've really had that in the past with Fish and Other Leagues. So, you know, if if collectively the 80 guys want to bring a little bit of an entry fee back to be able to pay further down, we're going to do it. If collectively the guys think that no entry fee is the future of the sport and the way a top-tier professional league should be, we'll, we'll keep the entry fees out, you know, and that's uh, it's a big, big bonus of Major League Fishing. All right. Hey, uh... Mike, I'm going to want to change gears now and, and go to the uh, the BASS uh, uh, event that you fished on the James River. You had much success there, but before we do that, we've got a special caller that's calling in that actually fished against you. Uh, he's a local San Diego product that has moved back east. He wanted to call and uh, just have a couple of words with you, so... Mystery caller, you want to call in and uh, say hello to Michael Iconelli. Hey, Mike, what's going on? This is Cameron. Hey, Cameron, how you doing? Good, man. Uh, it was a great performance you had there at the James River under some pretty tough conditions. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I was, uh, I was fortunate enough to be there on the final day with you, and I got to watch you walk away with it there at Bass Pro Shop, so that was pretty exciting. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, any any time you can make the final day, you know, you you you've accomplished something. I mean, it's uh, you know, when you look at the, the guys there, you know, you look at that talent pool that we fished against. How many of them were you know locals? I mean, I look at that list. There were literally thirty, thirty to forty guys that that's all they fish. That's their home water. You know, so when you, you make that cut, it's it's a good feeling, man. You beat the best on that river. Yeah. Well, Mike Cameron yeah, was... Smith is a fisherman here from Southern California that has moved back to the East Coast. We've been following him for years. A great stick out here in the West. Now he's fishing uh, BASS and FLW. He's, he's seen some great success, but I think uh, getting into the top 12 is probably one of the highlights. And obviously, he had to buck heads with you. But, uh, again, part of the learning curve on, on working his way up to hopefully being in a position one day where you are. Yeah, I mean, you know, the more tournaments you can fish, the better off you're going to be. Um, you know, for, for me, you know, that learning curve, I, I fished New Jersey and Pennsylvania until I was in my, you know, early 20s, and that's all I had fished. So when I started fishing opens, you know, in, in my mid-20s, it was a big learning curve. There were there were three or four years there where I had to get a handle on not only different bodies of water, but different ways the fish behave, different techniques, um, you know, catching them from a foot to 100 feet deep and everything in between. And, 
you know, time on the water, you, you, you can't, you know, you can't replace that with anything. Uh, you know, you can research on the Internet and Mass University and videos and all that stuff's great, but, you know, until you get out there and you experience it and, and you actually fish, I mean, that's, that's where you get good, you know, and, uh, right, that's what right. You need to do. Yeah, it's you been know, a it's, it's been a real eye opener the last three years being out here. Uh, you know, growing up fishing on the West Coast, our weather and stuff is pretty predictable and pretty stable, so the fish don't change very much on a day to day basis. And man, you get back here and fishing all the all up and down the East Coast and into the South, and and you know, not only can they change on a day to day basis, but they'll change midday and drastically will they change. So it's it's really hard to to keep up with them and like you said i mean the only way that you can ever make that experience count is just to be on the water and just to experience it yourself day after day and and just learn every day you're out there and it's uh it's been exciting for me the last few years learning something completely different and and you know getting out of the comfort zone so to speak and expanding the expanding the arsenal i guess you could say yep yep that's that's what makes you know you look at all these Angler, so it makes you a really good fisherman is is versatility, um, you know, be able to uh, dissect different situations. And, you know, you hit one thing on the head, which is, you know, the fish are constantly changing. And that's that's true no matter where you go. I don't care if you're in a tidal river like the James or a natural lake or a reservoir. Over the course of a three- or four-day tournament, there's one given, and that given is the fish are going to change at some point over three or four days. So, you know, the anglers that know how to change and can sort of predict it, trust their gut, make the changes, they're the guys that do good. It's, it's hard to do that, man. You know, you, you go and practice, you catch them a certain way in practice, you want to go catch them like that again. But when it's not working, you got to be able to let it go. you got to be able to give it away and go try something else. Go to plan B or C or just, or even sometimes just go fishing. You know, the better you get at that, the better you're you're going to make out. You know, that's uh, that's I've learned that, and I'm still still trying to get better at it. You know, it's hard to let go of history, but when you can do that, you start doing better in events. You know, Cameron Smith, right. we've been following you out here on the West Coast for a long time. We've we've marvelled at your successes and and the tournaments that you had, and we we congratulated you for the St. James River. I haven't had a chance to talk to you about that. Can I invite you to come on Rod and Reel Radio next Sunday night so we can go into a little bit more depth about what a guy from the West Coast is experiencing fishing out there and fishing against the likes of Mike Iaconelli and what you're learning and how it's going for you? I, let's, uh, let's invite you to come on Sunday night if you can make it. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a good time. All right. And I want to thank you for giving a call to congratulate Mike on his victory. And I know one of these days it could possibly be that Mike maybe might be calling us up to congratulate you, Cameron. So thank you very much for giving us a ring. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. That was Cameron Smith calling us from Massachusetts. He had fish against Mike Iaconelli. And, and Mike, thank you very much for talking with Cameron and giving him your ideas and everything else like that. He's a West Coast guy that's trying to break into the circuit, and uh, he's doing a pretty good job of it. Thanks a lot for uh, you know giving your time to speak with him. Oh, you're welcome. That's, that's awesome. I, uh, I, I love it. You know, that's what the sport needs, and uh, I, I wish him all the luck in the world.
Well, yeah, but not necessarily when you're fishing, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, just talk. Uh, basically, you went back and you fished the BASS event, uh, an open event on the St. James River. Did did it feel like a homecoming for you with the people that you knew, or uh, did you kind of fish like you feel like you know you had closed the door behind you and this was opening up a new door, or what? I mean, it was a good feeling. I mean, uh, the, the, that river, you know, James River is a river that I fished before. Um, my wife grew up there. Her family's still there, so I had a lot of family there, which was nice. And it's also a place that I've been close at before. And, you know, I think three or four times there I've had top 12s where, you know, I had a bad day or I lost a fish or something happened one of the three days that kept me from winning. And, you know, it was nice that this year I was able to keep up with the fish. I was able to make the right adjustments this time and have three good days instead of two. And, and you know, that's that's all the difference in the world. And tidal fishing is something I feel really comfortable doing. And, you know, whether it's the Delaware River, which is my home river, and the tide there changes six to eight feet every day, or whether it's the James where it's a little less, it's three to four feet, or even out west, you know, when, when I get out to the California Delta, I, it's something about tidal water where I feel very comfortable and I feel at home. Um, and that, that made the James River special as well. Mike, Mike, talk a little bit about that, that tidal, the tidal situation that you have to deal with there. What do you like? To fish on the tide or on that tidal stuff, do you like it incoming, outgoing? Do you plan ahead for, let's say, moon phase even? Um, that you because you can't always pre-fish these things, you know, the uh, on a moon phase two or three weeks or four or a month ahead of time uh, if you don't know you're going there, especially. But talk a little bit about you know the tidal uh, flows and how you fish that. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, in general, you know, one of the similarities that that i take to all the tidal fisheries that i go to um is that i prefer low water i prefer you know the lowest water during the course of the day um you know specifically the last two hours of outgoing the first hour of incoming really to me is is the premier tide that you want to find or you want to you want to run to and, you know, the simple fact is that, you know, low water concentrates the fish on, you know, more obvious targets. More, they're more targetable during low water periods. The other thing is the fish themselves tra- are trained in their life to feed on low water. You know, their feeding opportunities are at the highest during low water periods. So... You know, that's what I did at the James. That's what I do in a lot of these tidal rivers that I fish is I try to fish an area of the river uh, where I can catch low water. And then if I need to move, I can move upriver or downriver to catch more low water. And, you know, that's, that's primarily uh, a universal tidal water fact that I use everywhere. And it definitely worked for me, you know, last week on the James. All right. Mike, uh, I know that uh, you have very limited time, and we've got to let you go over here. Uh, uh, just 
Uh, quickly, what was the go-to bait that you used in fishing the James River that uh, you had great success on? Yeah, I basically I power fished uh, the whole week, all three days, and I, I alternated between three different lures. I fished a black and blue missile jigs, half-ounce mini flip jig, had a just a, a sapphire blue color, a flipping blue color chunk on the back by Berkeley Powerbait. I used that when the water was at its lowest because I could just target fish. If there was a stick, a stump, a log, the water was sucked down, I'd throw that jig right to it. Um, as the water would start to rise a little bit, it would bring in muddy water. You know, the rising water would bring in dirty water, and the targets would get a little bit more water on them. And when that happened, I'd fish a vibrating jig. Uh, it's a bait by Mullix called a Lover. I put just a double tail uh, blue crawl on the back of it, and that was a great bait for me as well. And then the third one is, you know, as that water even got a little higher as that tide came in, um, all the targets would start to get flooded. Then you, you, you actually couldn't see them anymore, right? You couldn't see them with your eyes. And I would use a crankbait to, to bounce around and hit those same targets. And I used a Rappel of DT6 in a color called Old School. And, you know, on the last day, you know, that crankbait really saved me because the tides um, were getting higher and higher every day. So without that crankbait, you know, I don't, I don't know if I would have won. So it was, uh, it was a nice... One, two, three punch for me all week between a jig, a vibrating jig, and a crankbait. Mike Iaconelli, congratulations on winning the BASS event on the St. James River. Congratulations for qualifying for the uh, Bass Pro Tournament, the Red Crest Series for Major League Fishing at uh, Lacrosse. If you will, can we take a rain check and talk to you, you know, in the not-too-distant future on what happened and what's happening with you and, and just reconnect and maybe uh, hopefully our listeners can learn a lot more about how to fish bass and you're the guy to hear it from. Absolutely. I love to come back on, and I have a feeling uh, next time I talk to you, I'll have a uh, giant big trophy after winning that tournament. So. <laughs> Mike, thanks for being with us. I know you got to go. You've got other commitments. I appreciate you spending some of your Sunday with us to talk uh, fishing. We appreciate it, and thank you for being with us. You got it. Thanks, guys. Good luck. Good fishing. All right. Good fishing to Mike Iaconelli. Hey, uh, Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a little break right now. We skipped a couple of commercials so that we could keep Mike on for the limited amount of time that we had with him. So we're going to go to commercial break. We're going to come on back. We're going to talk about fishing in Southern California. So stay tuned. The Rod and Real Radio will be back after these messages. I got a garage full of fishing tackle, and every time I get out on the water, I realize I forgot something important. But I never forget my life jacket. I make sure my buddies wear theirs, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. 
Hey, we want to tell you a little bit about the uh, catch fishing hook, line, and lure system. And we have Kavika with us from Catch. Kavika, tell us about the catch system. Hey guys, so catch fishing products, uh, catch lure, hook, and line holder. Straps on to your rods, whether it's uh, fresh water, salt water, it's adjustable. UV salt water resistant products made in the USA. Holds on to your lures, holds on to your hooks, and a great feature about it is it also holds on to fishing line, and it's great used as a finger trigger as well. Save your investment in your rods and reels. And we want to remind everyone that the catch system is going to be available at a dealer near you. Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the sports boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart the San Diego Blood Bank. Fishing for a way to make a difference in your community? Consider donating blood or making a financial donation to the San Diego Blood Bank. Your gift will impact medical research, revolutionize how we improve health and treat disease, and most importantly, give the gift of life. But we can't do it without you or without your help. Visit sandiegobloodbank.org to make an appointment or to give a financial donation today. It's the best way to give back. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419 or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. I always wear a life jacket when I'm on the water because I'm lazy. I like floating like a giant turtle covered with SPF 50. The life jacket does the work. I highly recommend this to everyone. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason... No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASS-BOAT. Call one 800 227 
888-800-7262 or just spell Bass Boat. 1-800-BASS-BOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASS-BOAT, the choice of the pros for Bass Boat Insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. Attention Rod and Reel Radio listeners, be sure to check out the Code Group mobile app. You can listen to the Rod and Reel Radio show live along with show archives without internet access. The Code Group app has all kinds of cool features for fishermen including daily Southern California saltwater reports, weather reports, episodes of inside sport fishing, marine traffic, and much more. Get the free Code Group mobile app by texting the word REEL, R-E-E-L, to 90407, or enter the words code group in the App Store on your smartphone. He's not just my fishing buddy. After 30 years, he's a brother, and I'd sure hate to lose him. His bass boat's got nothing to do with it, so I make sure both of us wear a life jacket. Save the ones you love, even if they don't own a fancy boat. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Rod and Reel Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available, or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives, and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Finally, Stan, Wendy, and I want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, a programming note. If you listen to that interview with Billy Kelman, he had talked about Dr. Barbara Bach. And Dr. Barbara Bach is scheduled to be on the show next Sunday night talking about the research she's done on bluefin tuna. So you're going to want to hear that. And then also, as mentioned during the interview with Mike Iaconelli, Cameron Smith, former Southern California fisherman, now fishing on the East Coast and fishing BASS and FLW and all kinds of neat things back there. He's going to be with us because he made it in the top 12 fishing against Mike Iaconelli. He finished in 10th place altogether. But we're going to look at uh, fishing the East Coast and BASS and especially the James River through the eyes of a West Coast fisherman. So that's next Sunday night on Rod and Reel Radio. But we still have more Rod and Reel Radio tonight. And I want to go to my special co-host, Wendy Toshihara. And the reason why she's special, she ripped all the way across the San, uh, the uh, Catalina Channel to stop fishing and to get back here to be on Rod and Reel Radio. <laughs> Wendy, I got to ask you, where were you fishing? What were you fishing for? And how did it go? Well, uh, I went out with a couple of friends who captain a boat called Tin Man out of Huntington Harbor. And it's a 55-foot Viking. They asked if I'd like to come along and help out. Um, there were going to be some anglers on board that didn't know how to fish. So I said, oh, sure, I'd, I'll come along and help, of course. <laughs> On a 55-foot Viking, why not? <laughs> so I went along, and we went uh, to Catalina, fished the front side, and had a really good day. Uh, Philip, um, as soon as he put his rod in the water, he caught a nice probably 14 pound uh, yellow tail um, on live bait. He was happy. I got pictures of him. I'll post up later. And then uh, it was just an amazing bite of barracuda, calico bass, bonita. I mean, it was every cast practically. And it was a great day. It was flat calm. Took us 45, 40 minutes to get there and 45 minutes to get back. (laughs) Wow. Because 
I know, Wendy, you've probably made that trip, and Stan, you too have made that trip back from Catalina or San Clemente, and sometimes the weather can get a little nasty there. Were were you kind of uh, uh, taken back by the comment that uh, Billy made that when it comes to fishing, these big bluefin tuna, that's really the weather that he's looking for and in the time of day that he's looking for, you know, 11 uh, after uh, noon, uh, 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, with when a lot of the fishermen are saying, well, let's reel it in. It's time to go home. You know, I've noticed that also. It has been a late afternoon bite, no matter what fish it's been. Um, I mean, it was wide open this afternoon, when, and we left the island at 3. But from at 102 today, we had the high tide. That was the top of the high tide. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, 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 we had a lot of movement today. So it was really good for us. We had current. We, you know, it was, it was the perfect day. But, you know, it's really tough if you go out there and you don't look and, and see what the tides are and if you're going to have current, what the water temperatures are or not. You know, I mean, it, all these factors play a huge role on if you're going to have a successful day not to mention we ran into a great school of bait which all the barracuda were on so (laughs) (laughs) Stan on long range boats that you've been on I mean you know when you finally get to the fishing ground everyone's got to be biting at the bit to get up early in the morning get that bait in the water and be the first one to get bit but do you find that a lot of times that the bite is better later in the afternoon as you say when you get that wind coming up or that swell that there's just something that happens that the fish just seem to be more attuned to fishing later uh to biting later on the afternoon than early in the morning i think it's something you kind of have to kind of adjust to what the the fish are doing like if you go out let's say you get on a boat early in the evening and you can get up to the grounds now in a quick hurry instead of four days it's four hours and you can be in the arena where this bluefin is biting. You've got to be you've got to be ready to fish a flat fall or a heavier, you know, glow bait of some sort that that you can catch them on. The lead that Leadmaster 500 gram has been uh, a, a real favorite. The Evike jigs now that UFO um, 340 gram to, to 400 gram has been just a great new bait if you haven't got a hold of those and but, not to mention that black light that Leadmaster has they have a little <laughs> handheld black light that you can make right. light up your your jigs with and it works great you know they've done cindy over there has done such a great job of, of being on top of what's going on with with our fishing out here but those little things like that make a big difference so if you're ready for it you know changing out if you need to change out the hook to a bigger hook to swing hooks on the top, uh, Evike makes a figure eight uh, that you can put on to hang your assist hooks on, and you do it on a. I like the Spro split rings because they're they don't one they're rounder, and they will not bend out. I mean, open up fish. Yeah, yeah the, the they're a super heavy ring. They work great, but uh, that being ready at night and then getting ready in the morning when. It, at the gray at four o'clock in the morning between that four now maybe even three thirty or to to five o'clock when it's gray that fish bites really well in the morning too so you got to be ready early and then get ready again late 
um, that fish in a weight, eight ounces to 10 ounces, whatever you got to get down to that fish. If they run over the fish and they say it's deep and you pin the bait, not across the nose, you go from the chin up through the nose. Uh, if you're weighing, if you've got a rubber band and you throw that eight ounces on to get it down there, I find that that fish, when they say that it's 280 feet down, doesn't bite as well as you find that fish when it's up at that 180 to 150 feet. That stuff wants to participate a little bit better. So, you know, bottom line is you got to be ready no matter what time of day it is. You know, because sometimes, you know, they are biting early in the morning, like at Guadalupe. And in the afternoon, it just we went to a lull. But you've got to be ready at all times. And don't don't be undergunned. Great advice, Wendy. Hey, now, Stan, just in the brief amount of time that we have, you know, we asked Mike Iaconelli, you know, he uh, here he is. He had his car packed and everything, fishing the St. James River. And now. He's got to go get ready for lacrosse and fishing the Mississippi River. Could be completely different situations. You're in the same situation now where you're getting ready for a fish-off. And you maybe have a little more intel than Mike has. You've found out that the lake that you're fishing, the bite is terrible. Uh It's it's bad. (laughs) So this is one of your biggest tournaments of the year. How are you preparing to fish this lake in light of what you're hearing is happening there? Well, it's been two months since I've been out there uh, on the water, you know, fishing the freshwater. Um, and over that to this particular body of water and the fish, the fish have quit biting completely. They had a night tournament for the guy that caught four fish won it. And there was only three other guys that caught, got fish in the night tournament period. During the day, they've said that the fishing, all the guides have quit fishing. So <laughs> um, I'm planning on going uh, actually to pre-fish the lake tomorrow morning. We have, uh, it's an ABA tournament series. I am sitting in second place for Angler of the Year. And uh, if it would be cool, this is a long shot. You know, I've got one shot here because this is the last tournament of the year. Uh, that I could actually come out Angler of the Year in the ABA circuit along with I just finished Angler of the Year with the Juan Bass with Rich Tauber circuit in this in the same arena. But it would be it's it would be fun to find that that spot. But that being said, I've got to figure out how to catch these fish that are not biting. And I have basically put on I've gone back to kind of what I've known from the days of yore when I was learning how to fish bass. And I got the chance to fish with the guys like, you know, Bobby Garland, where he, when I remember when he pulled out that, that gets it bait and skipped it out into the middle of the cove. And I watched fish come from every area of the cove to eat that gets it on the sink as it sinked, as it sinks slowly in a circle. So I put a couple of different versions of that on. I've got, I know that you've got to suspend a bait now because we've got moss that is now turned to muck uh, where the hot water has come into play and, and all that vegetation on the shoreline is now really just turning to muck instead of uh, the green moss. So the fish aren't necessarily going to be in that. They got to suspend, but they're suspending in really deeper water. So you've got to figure out how to make this fish bite and the, and i know from 
the guys that have been up there, we got a thermocline at about 20 feet or less. So everything's got to be 20 feet or above, but the brush line is at 20 feet or above. So it really presents a problem where you got to work a little bit of a reaction bait, um, try to figure out if you can get a, a shallow water jerk bait or crank bait to work. You've got to at least attempt, and I'm not sure that that's going to work much of your surface baits, a buzz bait or, you know, a, something that'll make some noise on the surface. Uh, you know, a walking bait is harder uh, for that fish to, to eat when a, you get a little bit of cloudy water. So uh, a popper comes into play where you can move it in a straight direction rather than s side to side. Um, so I got a little bit of everything tied on for tomorrow morning. I'm going to go up and pre-fish this event and maybe again on Thursday because ABA likes to run a two-tiered event. They run a noon to six o'clock on Saturday and your second day because it's six hour fishing during the summer with the hot water. And, the sat and then Sunday is 6 a.m. to noon and then we have our, our, uh, uh, ceremonies and they'll name the angler of the year and you get what this is the the tournament of champions so the bigger money is held up to, to this event also so it's going to be a little interesting <laughs> i've really gone backwards and going all right i'm going to try everything i haven't done in normal lakes for a while more like i think the way i would approach the colorado river lakes um and getting that fish that likes to as a water's dropping and you've got vegetation that grew up and then all of a sudden it fills back up a little bit and that fish can be anywhere from 20 feet to the to the surface you got to figure out how to make them bite well i hope we get a good report from you stan and that uh, you are successful that'll be your second angler of the year if you are successful on that so good luck and good fishing well, that's that is a roll, a large roll of the dice. I'm, <laughs> I've got to, you know, just to be in the position is pretty wonderful. You know, I I absolutely love the competition. I love the sport. I've been able to, being blessed to be a part of it for God forty years now, and 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 it, I still get all fired up. I can't wait to get out there and and compete against the best of the best in your arena and wherever you're at. Um, I loved being able to fish with. Aaron and Skeet and Johnny Murray and Brent Ayler, whatever else, when you have a chance when they're out here. But I, I can't travel. But knowing these guys and being able to fish in the in their arena and knowing how they fish is a lot of fun when I get a chance. So I talked to Johnny Murray this week, and uh, he was all over it about he He was excited about taking his son, his nine-year-old son out, and he, he won his first tournament. Now his son wants to be a, a professional bass fisherman. Johnny said it's a curse. But uh, it's just a great sport, and I can't tell you how much I loved it. And, you know, that's why probably while all three of us are still involved with the sport up to our eyeballs, and we love it a lot. You know, and if you go to Rod and Reel Radio on Facebook, uh, when we were promoting this program, we had a picture of uh, Mike Iaconelli on there. And then there is also a, a picture of Mike Iaconelli with his son helping him hoist the trophy. And I've got to tell you, that probably is as satisfying a moment that any father could have, especially when it comes time to winning a tournament. So go to Rod and Reel Radio on Facebook. Uh, on another note, a good friend of Rod and Reel Radio has been stricken health-wise. 
Our good friend Gary Scheibler has suffered, as I understand it, a fairly serious stroke. Mm. I've talked with his family, and I, uh, as I get it, he is coming back slowly. He still oh, has good. some speech impediment, and as I understand, he still has some paralyzation in his hand. If you go to uh, Gary Scheibler's uh, Facebook page, uh, there is a GoFundMe program going to help him get through this. And as I mentioned to our listeners earlier, as a programming note, not only uh, next week do we have uh, Cameron Smith and Dr. Barbara Bach with us, but we're going to have one of the members of uh, Gary's family come on with us, give us an update on how he's doing, and then also give us some information on how we can help Gary out in this time of need. Because I got to tell you, he's been a friend to every fisherman that is fishing here, especially in Southern California. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Yeah. Hate to see that happen. I I guess it's it's one of the things that happens, though, when... uh, you start living as long as we have, guys, and I we know, see things happen to friends. Old. I know. <laughs> I guess that just means every fishing opportunity, ladies and gentlemen, you get, please go out and take advantage of it. Absolutely. Hey, Stan and Wendy, thank you for tonight. And our listeners, thank you very much for listening. We want to thank Otto and the AM540 Studios. Ben Harvey, our local producer here in San Diego. But always in memory of Big Tuna Bill, Eddie McCune, and in memory of Paul Leader, who's kept us on the air for all these many years. Guys, go out and get them. Don't wait for the fish counts to show up because you want to be there when the fish turn on. And you can't be there unless you're on the water. So good night, everyone. Go out and get them. Someone's getting your fish. They're getting away. Gone fishing, Folks won't find us now because Mr. Satch and Mr. Cross, we gone fishing.